there, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to acknowledge that this is episode number 250. And it's when it's around numbers like that, you're supposed to acknowledge it, right? So that's what I'm doing. And this summer will actually be the fifth anniversary of the show. So I'm planning something special for that episode. This week, I have an awesome brand new guest for you to hear. But in the meantime, I did want to acknowledge the people that support this show on a monthly basis, the Patreons. You know, I don't try to embarrass people with shout outs or anything, but I do want to say a huge thank you to the people that have helped me get 250 episodes down, and I look forward to the next 250. And those people are Jason, Mark, Katie, Paul, Mariana, Willie, Downtempo, Joan, Big D, Shill, Miles, Claire, Liz Marie, Josh, and Alejandro. Thank you all so much. I truly appreciate you. And if you're listening to the show, I appreciate you too. So, I hope you're having a great day. Let's get into the episode. Hello there, my friends. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. I'm here with you once again. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm going to say there. So, I'm excited to once again have a new guest coming out to the show this week. His name is Alex Zapeta. And Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gormy. Thank you for having me on the, onto the show. Glad to have you here, man. Let's get into it. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? What qualifies me to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Uh, August 23rd of 2023, um, I went ahead and got the gastric sleeve done. Um, so I've been in this process for going through this process for the last for the last six months. Um, this journey, not only did I start um, uh, six months ago with the gastric sleeve, I've been trying to lose weight. Uh, since I got out of high school. Um, in high school, I was um, on the little heavier side, but I was um, I was into baseball. I was really, really athletic. Um, uh, my weight around high school was, uh, when I, my freshman year in high school, I was at two, 205, 215. Um, then when I graduated high school, I was at two, 230, 240. Uh, around that around that range and I didn't start putting on weight until I got introduced to alcohol um alcohol was um my thing I used to party a lot uh go out with my friends drinking all the time um and then um and then um you you would think that would uh, stop me once my daughter was born my daughter was born uh in January of 2024, uh, 2014. Um, and no, it did not stop me either. Uh, my drinking continued. Um, my eating also was um, was an addiction. Uh, my eating, um, I could say probably now, I was a co- closet eater. I used to sting food all the time. Um, you know, uh, my parents will go out and... Uh, you know, buy groceries. They'll buy like these snacks to for me and my siblings uh, to last us, you know, a couple weeks. And I'll have like three or five, three or four snacks within one sitting, and binge eat all the time. Um, especially when you know I was out of high school, working, making my own money. I was eating out a lot. Um, it was crazy because I was just going over what I used to order at McDonald's. Uh, with one of my with my trainer uh, a couple of days ago, and um, my order was two McDoubles, two McChickens, a large fry, 
a 20 piece chicken nugget and a large coke so and so i'll go ahead and smash that real quick in my car and you know eat that on my way home and as soon as i get home you know uh, parents had food ready on the dinner table and i continued to eat that so it was um it was it was a uh, food was my addiction yeah. and well, let me ask you a question then, you know, because I think this is something some, you know, some people out there can relate to, you know, knowing that that behavior was present, do you think it was, was it being athletic? Was it playing sports? Do you think that kind of kept your weight under control, you know, oh, yeah. when you were younger? Like what, you know, have you thought about that? Yeah, I actually have. And, um, and, and I think, uh, being active, you know, playing baseball, football, I did a little bit of wrestling in high school. Um, going to the gym after, you know, after school, uh, playing basketball inside the gym, uh, lifting weights with, uh, my friends who were a little older, uh, you know, kept me at that, at that way where I should have been. But like I said, once I got working, you know, I was, I was doing security. I was doing a lot of overnights, uh, from when I was 18 to, to 23, 24, so all you do working overnight, you're just sitting in a security booth, you know, just watching Netflix on your phone and, you know, and eating a whole bunch of bad food. So like, I'll pack myself like snack. I'll have like a bag of chips with two sodas, a, a monster. And then you're snacking on that stuff and you get hungry again. And the only places that are open working overnight is Pizza Hut, Domino's, you know, like all the fast food, fast food places. And, and I'll just binge you while I'm working because I'm trying to stay up. And that didn't help me at all. <laughs> that didn't help me at all. It didn't, it did not help at all. And, um, and I, one of my things was I love to binge eat. And, and also what played a big part on binge eating is also the drinking. My drinking played a big part in it. Um, and anytime I drink and what comes along with drinking, you, you eat bad. And that's what I always did. I was always drinking, always eating bad, always eating poorly, making poor choices in food. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. Which which adds up and catches up with you. Like, do you during any you know as you were you know post high school and and working that job and seeing yourself you know partying, the eating, like all of that going on? How conscious were you of what was going? Like, were you in that place of being, you know, I need to do something about this and trying to make changes or were you kind of more set in your, set in your patterns at that point And it just was something that you, you just weren't, it wasn't a priority. It, it wasn't a priority for sure. Um, my priority was, you know, let me go out and make money to provide for my kid. And, and at the end of the day, if I knew she was okay, the rest of the, you know, rest of the time was, you know, going out to eat or drinking, partying, partying, going out uh, to different bars, clubs, doing all that party lifestyle, and and um, and like like in high school and you know growing up, I always been the big guy in the group, and I always had to be the funny guy. So you know, I was before someone else could make fun of my weight. I'll be the one laughing, making uh, fat guy jokes about myself to make other people laugh, even though, you know, to make myself feel a part of that group or a part of um, uh, a group of people that 
I try to fit in so badly about. And, um, and that's why I just want to, you know, to come onto your show and, you know, hopefully I can reach, you know, a younger crowd or uh, people that have second thoughts about, you know, getting the gastric sleeve done or, or uh, people who are out always drinking and hopefully, you know, I, I'm, I want to come on here and to, you know, touch their lives, how like your show has touched my life by, you know, listening to all these uh, men that you brought on and um, the ones that especially got their, their, um, the gastro sleeve done and seeing their progress that just motivated me even more to go through with it. Oh, good, man. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. So, you know, you talked about your daughter was born in 20, 2014. When, because, you know, I also, you know, kind of in pre-notes, you know, see like, you know, guys will always tell me, you know, this is, this is, you know, the heaviest weight I reached and this is what I did from there. Like, when did you hit your heaviest weight? I, I think I hit my heaviest weight in 2018. Mm-hmm. And that's when I tried to start working out a little bit. And that's actually when I started listening to your show. It was in 2018. Um, the first person I heard. The first person that I listened to on your show was Alex, um, what's his last name? Pora. Um, Poram, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, he did it naturally, and, and you know, I was like, oh, if he could do it, I could do it kind of thing, and, you know, um, uh, and then I started, I'll start for, like, a couple weeks, you know, eating, eating a little healthier, uh, going for walks, trying to go to the gym. But when I go to the gym, like, I don't know what I was doing, you know? And it was like, I was, like, kind of embarrassed because I didn't know what to do. Um, so instead of when I felt embarrassed or I didn't know what to do, I just revert uh, back to my old ways, which is, mm. you know, eating hor- uh, poorly and drinking a lot. And what um, was your heaviest weight? So people, my, he- my heaviest weight, I was at 463 pounds. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, you get into that cycle of, of making attempts, but they're not really working. Like one of the, one of the things you said earlier, you know, and, and I never try to put guests, you know, words in, in a guest's mouth. So I ask these questions, like you talked about your eating, you know, food being an addiction, like where, what place did, you know, in terms of that addictive cycle, like, do you identify that you were addicted to alcohol? Like what was, you know, that relationship, you know, really like, um, I would identify it as um as more um that's a good question. Um I'll identify it as more of uh yeah, as an addiction of um uh, I, I don't know how to how to root it. Uh like because well, like I could I could talk like my relationship with alcohol. Like I I don't think I was ever anyone that was depend alcohol dependent, you know, in that oh, place yeah. where like if I if I didn't drink, I felt, you know, any of the, the challenges that someone who has an alcohol addiction has. But I very much relate to what you're talking about in terms of, for me, you know, my food behavior was awful to begin with, but alcohol would fuel it. So even when, you know, one of the, that was one of the, the, the stark things I realized was I never really made that connection. It just was like, life was one big buffet for me. But when I was making attempts to lose weight, and would incorporate alcohol because, you know, regardless of what way you're, you're eating, someone will tell you, you know, well, if you're, you're going low carb, you can, you can drink this. If you're doing that, you can drink that. So in, you know, having those social moments where I would still drink, 
my food behavior would go revert right back to being terrible those nights, like, especially if I get drunk. And so, whereas I don't have, you know, it's, it's not the same exact thing that I would describe, you know, someone who, who deals with, you know, an alcohol addiction might describe for me, behaviorally, alcohol was a problem. So that was when I, you know, I made the decision to, to stop drinking because I had a night where it was my, my company's Christmas party. You, the president of the company always wanted to have a drink with everyone. Like I knew it was going to happen. So I planned for it. I even prepped my house. I made sure I had like, I was in weight loss mode, had no keto treats around, had nothing that, you know, no jars of peanut butter, nothing that I might get into trouble with. And at two o'clock in the morning, I defrosted a one pound ribeye and cooked that in my kitchen. And the next day was like, this is, that's a problem. You know, the, you know, allowing myself to abdicate responsibility for food when I'm drinking is a problem. So I made the decision to end my relationship with alcohol, you know, whether it was an addiction or just disordered, it needed to be something that I took care of. Like, is that, you know, kind of more the case you think with yourself? Like it was never like, it was, it wasn't the, the sole focus of your life, but when it was there, yeah. it enabled other behavior. Yes, that is actually a great point or actually a great way to put it. And that's how it was for me. Um, so even like when I was trying to cut weight, like I would drink a vodka soda and like even uh, my friend who started training me at the time, uh, this was back in November of 2020. Uh, I started working out with him and he was like, oh, like when you go out, man, enjoy yourself, man, but have a vodka soda, maybe have one or two and that's it. But my one and two turned into maybe like three, four, five, six until like I was really drunk. And instead of coming home and sleeping it off, I went to Alberto's or I went to a Mexican food place and grabbed six six tacos or a, a big thing of salsa fries and taquitos and and um and uh, and a big large soda, you know, to try to sort me up a little bit. And I just after you're done eating all that lot of food, all you do is come home and sleep. And so yeah, that that's that's a great way to how you how to describe what i've been going through um how alcohol played a part in my life for sure and that's how i played a part in it well i think because i think all of us like when we have that challenging relationship with food there are a lot of things that we do that enable the behavior and and alcohol can play a big role in that like that makes complete sense to me like what you know what was life like for you, you know, at your heaviest physically? Were you, you know, because some, some people will come on the show and be bigger than that and have never seen a health problem, no challenges. Like, what was life like for you when you were at your heaviest? Uh, uh, at my heaviest, um, I had to use a uh, CPAP machine. Um, and I know this is going to sound, uh, sound probably gross, but it was hard for me to clean myself, like, I couldn't wipe myself correctly. I barely could reach, um, you know, and and you think when you're not able to clean yourself correctly, you will think you will see, okay, my weight's the problem. But instead of making the change or making the effort to make the change, you just revert back to you know food and alcohol, and um, and uh, you know, thank God and luckily, you know, when every time I went to the doctors at my heaviest. I wasn't like, you know, diagnosed with diabetes or anything like that. Knock on, you know, knock on wood and praise God for that. Um, uh, but even the doctor even told me too, um, he's like, if the the way you're going now, you're not going to see past, you know, 40, even maybe your late 30s because 
of the drinking and all the eating you're doing, it's going to destroy your body. Even though you don't have diabetes or your blood pressure is not high right now, it's going to eventually get there. It's going to catch up to you and your body's just going to, you know, start giving out. So even when the doctor told me, you know, that information, you would think that will, you know, light a fire, fire under my butt and get me going. But after hearing that, I just went out and, you know, started eating, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so... Well, that's the pattern, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, it because I I know you know that with uh, several guests and even like solo episodes, you know, I talked about like when I was at my heaviest and or even you know my relative heavy heaviest, like troubles with hygiene and, and wiping and all of those things. And sometimes people are you know they don't want to hear about that, but I think it's a, it's a, it's an important lesson like to speak to the power that food can have over someone is facing that you know like one of the most intimate things in our lives not being able to do it properly doesn't set off you know fireworks that i have to do something or this is you know i i'm barely reaching right now what happens when i can't reach like you know and you see it on television you know you, you watch my 600 pound life you see people who are living that situation and you understand like you know that you know for the grace of god like that could have been a situation i ended up in if i hadn't made change like because of how much we adapt and accept to be able to continue to fuel that addiction, you know, to be able to continue the eating, like hearing that from the doctor, like knowing that you have a child, like, I think there are sometimes there are people that don't understand who will hear those things and, you know, talk back to their, you know, to their phone or to their, their television or whatever it is they're watching or listening on. Like, you know, that should have woken you up. That should have been the change that should, but way too often it's not. You know, we, we, in our culture, we just tend to adapt to those things. Our brains are incredibly flexible. Like we accept so much, you know, and people who deal with, with other health issues that aren't, you know, that aren't weight related do the same thing. You know, like they handle a situation until it becomes unmanageable. Like it's not that it's a situation, you know, that it already was unmanageable, if that makes any sense. Like, so I I completely get that, man. Like having those points and still not seeing it as, as being enough. So, which then obviously that brings us to the question of, you know, what, what made it enough for you to actually, you know, make a a strong change? Like what was going on that got you to a place where you did start to think about surgery as an option or when that entered into the picture? Uh, one, once I hit my thirties, um, that's where I was like, okay, I'm in my thirties now. Um, I've been trying, you know, to follow a meal plan. I've been, trying to um you know i've been increasing my cardio i've been uh trying to lift weights with my buddy in his in-home gym and and um and even in my 30s i um i i i started the process because when you go through uh the gastric sleeve uh you, you have to do uh, like um it's like a, a health care uh like a healthcare class you have to do to uh, show you what the procedure to what, what kind of procedure you're gonna get, uh, what to eat, what not to eat, and I I started my first class and I said no oh, I think I could do it on my own, let me let me try to do it on my own, and um, and um, uh, yeah like I was saying like uh, I tried to do it on my own um, um, and and uh, I. You know, once I got down from, I when I was at my heaviest at 463, I got all the way down to 380. Um, 
by following my buddy's uh, meal plan, working out with him, uh, increasing my cardio. And then he allowed me to get a, a cheat day in. And, and once I got my cheat day in, that's where the pattern started all over again. The, uh, you know, like, it was like, okay, all right, this cheat meal was really good. Uh, I'm going to get back on my meal plan tomorrow. But that meal plan never came. It, I was stuck in that. I was stuck in that uh, that 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 cheat meal for a long time. So my weight shot right back up to uh, four four fifty four fifty five, and um, and um, and when I was listening to, I forgot the gentleman's name. He was on your podcast. Who he was someone else who got the gastric sleeve. And this was back in, um, back in 2000 and, back in 2002, uh, it was around, I want to say April or March when I was listening to your podcast and he was telling me how he went through the gastric, the guy, the gastric sleeve done and how much it made, uh, a difference in his life. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? And when he, well, one of the things he said that stuck with me was, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to tell you not to do it. And you're going to have to do it and make the choice to do it yourself. It's going to be on you to do it, make your decision uh, on about your life and, and what you're going to want to do for it. And that stuck with me, uh, listening to that. And um, I sat down, you know, talked to my parents and they were really uh, supportive about it. And um, so... I had to go through that whole class, that health class uh, that they provide before you, you're able to get the surgery, even get to meet the surgeon. Um, so I went through that class all of 2022. Uh, the beginning of 2023, uh, I met with the surgeon. Um, it was in uh, April of 2023, I met with the surgeon. And he told me... Um, he gave me the option if I was going to do the uh, gastro bypass or the gastric sleeve. There's a difference. Um, and I cho I told him that I want to do the gastric sleeve. The gastric sleeve is, you know, uh, where they uh, go in and uh, uh, make your stomach smaller. And, um, you know, after speaking to him, I knew I, I wanted to do this because I'm not only doing it for me and my health. I'm also going to be here much longer if I do this. And I'm going to be here for my daughter much more, uh, much more longer uh, if uh, once I went through with this surgery. Um, because, you know, the way I was going and the eating habits I was doing and the drinking I was doing, I would have been here much longer. And, you know, she needs her dad in her life. And, and that's what uh, that's what made me go through with the, the gastric sleeve. <clears throat> and let's. I'm cur I'm always curious and uh, you know I haven't talked with a lot of you know I've had a lot of guests on the show that have had the sleeve or some form of surgery. I I'm curious from your perspective once you made that decision to have it and were really kind of into that process, what did that feel like? Was it excitement? Was it fear? Like what is it what does it feel like once you know that it's going to happen? I was I was excited and nervous at the same time. Um cuz I was excited because I knew doing this, I didn't. I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna have that choice to go back to the food that I always ran to, or go back to the the drinking that I was always there for me. Um, you know, and 
the nervous part came in is because I didn't know what to expect with it. Um, but um, these last six months being on this journey has been amazing. Um, there's things that I thought I would, would never be able to do again, and I've been doing it. Um, for my daughter's birthday, we went to Disneyland, and I was able to get on rides again. And I haven't been on rides in years because, or I didn't want to go to a theme park because I'll, I couldn't walk for a long period of time. Or um, before I got my surgery, we went to Universal Studios, and I I felt bad because I thought you know, I tried to go on a ride, and they said I couldn't get on because I was too big. And um, at that moment, I was like, okay, like I need to do something in my life because not only did they tell me I couldn't get on? My daughter was there, and she seen that I couldn't get on a ride because how big I was. And and at that moment, I was like, I need to make the change in my life. And and um, you know, I and I've I I was embarrassed, and I I was embarrassed for her for her to be like, why can't my dad get on a ride? And I had to explain to her, you know, dad can't get on a ride because I was too big, and you know, I need to I need to do something about it. And uh, yeah, which is a hard more, thing to talk to a kid about. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really sad. You know, she, you know, my daughter's, you know, me and my daughter are really, really, really close. And, and she's like, oh, it's okay, dad. Like, you know, you'll be able to do it next time. And that's what even motivated, motivated, motivated me even more to go through this. And, you know, and when we were in Disneyland a couple of weeks ago for her birthday, it was, it was fun because she was like, yeah, let's go on this ride. Or, dad, let's go on this ride. Because she knew I was able to get on these rides now. Because uh, how much weight I have lost so far. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. So you had your surgery in August. And, you know, like you said, we're coming up on six months. What was your experience with the actual surgery like? Uh, the, the My experience with the surgery, uh, after my surgery, the first month, the first two months were really, really hard. Uh, because you're in, you're on nothing but a liquid diet. Um, you have to sip everything, water, your soup. Uh, you're taking vitamins every day. Um, and within like the, after the first month and going into the second month, you know, I was able to uh, move a lot more and it was, I was healing uh, okay. But then, you know, your friends will invite you like, hey man, let's, let's go out to, let's go out to dinner or we're going to a bar, meet us at the bar. And I'm like, I could go, but I'm, I can't drink or I can't eat anything. And, and which kind of like, like sucked at the time, but now I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, you know, if, if we're going to go out, I'm going to go out and I know what I could eat and what and I'm not drinking at all. So, so that it, at first it was the first, first, the first uh, couple of months was hard. Um, but it was a dedication that I knew I could do and, uh, with the support of my family, um, my sister who, who was really supportive about it. And, uh, now she's like one of my gym partners. Um, you know, she, you know, we go to the gym quite a bit. Um, so it was, you know, like I, I talked to, uh, uh, one of the people, uh, from work, they asked me, uh, do I ever regret doing it? And my answer was no, I don't regret it at all. Um, and they asked me like, oh, do you miss the way you used to eat? I was like, yeah, of course, who wouldn't? Like, who wouldn't want to indulge in, 
and uh, eating like two or three cheeseburgers and having a big bowl of soda. Uh, but now I do I miss eating like that? I kind of don't. Um, you know, the drinking, like the drinking, the first three months was hard. Not able to go out and have a beer or uh, drink until you get drunk. Um, the first three months was hard because, you know, all my friends who uh, I hang out with, all we used to do was plan our weekends about going out and what bar we're going to or whose house we're going to be drinking at tonight. And and uh, now it's just like, hey, man, we're going to go out. Do you want to go? Ah, no, nah, man, I'm good. I got to wake up early in the morning. I got, I got, uh, I got, I had to meet with my gym trainer at 7 a.m. So I'm okay. I'm good. I'm going to stay home tonight. So saying no now is plays a big part in me not going out anymore. <laughs> so before I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down or I'm down to go out or I'm down to go have a few drinks. But now it's more of like I'd rather stay home. I'd rather spend time with my daughter. I'd rather get my stuff ready for the next day for the gym. Yeah, that's how yeah, well, that's those how are big, been going. Those are big changes. Like, yeah. you know, the, and that's because especially when we have, you know, that, you know, because on some level, like, when we get into that behavior of, like, sneak eating and, like, you were talking about, you know, getting that McDonald's order and then walking through the door and eating dinner with your family after, like, those those behaviors and patterns become, like, a comfort zone. And, you know, having to, to change that is challenging no matter what. And having to change that because physically, if you were to continue doing that behavior, you were going to get sick, you know, those those first couple of months. like. If you were to have, you know, two weeks after surgery, decided to hit the drive-thru at McDonald's and tried to eat that order, it wouldn't be pretty. Like, uh, you know, just being perfectly blunt for people out there that don't know, like, you're especially when you're still healing, like, there's a there's a physical impediment there. And, and I think it's, you know, it's during that time that you have to make those changes you're talking about to the your attitude towards your behavior, and to, you know, understanding, you know, what things your life were built about, you know, before you made this change, because, you know, the, the going out, you know, that being your socialization, you know, you know, alcohol, food, like all of those things, like having to make those changes. And if you don't have something to fill that space, like spending time with your daughter, focusing on your development and your progress, like it can be a really, you know, it can be tough. Like when you're just, because you know, you hear stories of, of people that go, whether they use surgery or they're using another tool, like, when they haven't really kind of worked on their strong purpose or what they're doing, it's easy to get caught in the things that they miss, you know, regret and sitting there and just pining for the good old day, quote unquote, good old days, like the good old days that were killing us. But nonetheless, like we, we look at everything with like rose colored glasses when, when you're, it's in the rearview mirror, like what, what is your eating like now? My um, eating like now is um, everything's all portion. Uh, portioned out, um, like, uh, the thing that, uh, irks me a little bit is like, you know, like if someone sees you, you know, eating like a cookie or something like, Oh, you shouldn't be eating that. Like, no, I could eat it, but I'm not eating the whole bag anymore. I'm just having, you know, the serving size that you're supposed to be having, you know? So, um, um, my eating's doing. I'm I'm not following a plan or anything like that, but I I'm sticking to like the ground turkey, uh, the chicken. Um, I will have like a steak here and there, but like it's not no 
porterhouse steaks anymore. It's just, you know, a nice little cubed up steak. Um, uh, the, uh, my vegetable intake is, it's still the same, you know, um, but the carbs are a little lower than usual. Um, I stay away from, um, from like tortillas, bread, um, anything kind of fried right now, uh, because three months into my, into my, uh, uh, once I got my surgery three months into it, um, me and my friend, we were, uh, we went to Arizona to go see the uh, Metallica and, you know, he was going to all these like different pubs and everything drinking. And I, you know, I was just there having all, can I have a glass of water? And like, when you go to like these little pubs or bars, they don't have like, like, uh, soups. They don't have, uh, uh like high protein stuff. It's all, all, uh, bar food. And I was like, you know what? Like, let me try, you know, uh, sweet, sweet potato fries. I had like three or four and I went straight to that restroom and threw them back up. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm good. Uh, so as soon as we left, uh, wherever, uh, pub I already went to, I went straight to a Seven Eleven by myself, um, uh, you know, uh, a Chobani yogurt and, uh, a, pro a, a little protein shake, you know, just had that back to get my protein in for the day. And, and, uh, and yeah, like, uh, uh, I've been, you know, watching, I'm still watching what I'm eating. Um, especially after like a, like a hard day at the gym, you know, I a quick little protein shake and our, and then have my meal, uh, later on, um, after that. So. Which is something people listening um, might not like really understand, you know, protein is important for all of us as human beings. You know, we could spend an hour talking about the importance, why pro amino acids and why protein is important, but Especially, you know, when you have had surgery, you know, you've had the sleeve, your stomach is smaller, so your capacity has changed. You need to get that protein because your body needs it. Like, it's not like when you're not dealing with a smaller stomach, that protein can come with a lot of different things. You know, it can be wrapped in all the carbs and all of those different things. But when your capacity is smaller, maximizing protein is just really important, like. One for, to help keep, you know, preserve lean body mass, you know, help with all the processes that it plays a role in, in your body, you know, and allow you to, you know, be healthy, you know, not deal with, it's one of the things like someone out there listening, like they may have heard stories of people that have had weight loss surgery, you know, having, you know, hair loss issues, which can happen to an extent to, to people that have had the surgery, but often it's exacerbated because they're using what small capacity they have for food for things that aren't helping with, you know, the building blocks of your hair and the things that help with things like that. Like it's, it's an, you know, an important macronutrient that becomes even more important when you're, when you're dealing with some physical barriers. Yeah. And, and going, um, uh, uh, going back to like the hair loss thing, like a lot of people, like I have uh, a couple friends and, um, you know, my dear has, you know, her friends that have got this done and a lot of them said, oh, oh, yeah, you lose weight, you know, pretty quickly, but I lost a lot of hair. And for me, I I, I haven't noticed it because, you know, I'm on top of my vitamins. I, I, I've taken a lot of protein a day. Um, even though, like, I feel kind of full, I still, you know, take my time finishing that protein. I'm trying to reach my goals every every day with my protein. And, um, and, I, and you know, I haven't, you know, that's the only thing that I'm blessed that I haven't lost, you know, hair or, you know, some people, their hair gets really thin, then it falls out type of thing. And, uh, yeah, I've been really lucky about it. And, um, 
you know, I haven't changed anything yet from when I started to now. So I've been, you know, still drinking. Uh, once you get your surgery, they tell you you have to drink 60, 64 ounces of water a day. You have to do your vitamins in the morning and at night. Your calcium chews it whenever you can. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> I do all that stuff. I also incorporated, uh, you know, my aminos. Uh, you know, I'm incorporating all that stuff in and, and you know, it's been helping. Um, and the plus side about this is um, my energy levels have got off, got off the roof. You know, I have more more energy to start doing more things. Uh, you know, I was going through my phone the other day, going through old pictures, and my daughter took a. She likes to have my phone and take pictures of everything. And one of the pictures she had is when I had her on my week, instead of spending time with her and doing stuff with her, I was sleeping on the couch while she was just sitting there. And you know it it um it kind of it kind of hurt me a little bit to be like, well, I can't believe like that what that's what I used to do with her. That was me spending time with her instead of actually spending time with her like I do now and and um yeah it's it's been life changing experience and and um uh, i've i've been I've been enjoying this journey that I'm on, and you know it's going really well. And that's one of the reasons, too, why I wanted us to talk is because you are, you know, as much as we can, you know, it's it's an anniversary of sorts, you know, coming up for you in February, you know, to be six months since your surgery date. But really, in the big picture of things, it's only six months since you've had your surgery. Like, you're still, this is still work that you're doing and, and still challenging on some levels, I'm sure, like, for as much as there's there's incredibly positive things going on, like, what do you think are the things that, you know, currently are the most challenging for you when it comes to this journey that you're on? Uh, the most challenging thing is, um, is uh, the gym right now. Uh, I'm going to say challenging is because uh, my trainer, I'm going to give a little shout out to him, Kila at Paradise Gym and Azusa. He's, uh, him and his, uh, uh, him and his partner, uh, also they're, they're great. They're great. They're great people. Their gym atmosphere is like family, and he pushes me to the max. Like he has me doing push-ups as my warm-up before we do our chest workout. <laughs> if you try to ask me to do push-ups six months ago, I would laugh. <laughs> like I'm not doing no push-ups, and and he he pushes me. Um, my weights are getting heavier. I'm lifting a little heavier, and and um, talking with him, and you know him being like. Also, not only my trainer, also like you know my counselor, and I'm asking him these questions like, oh, like what should, what kind of protein should I be doing, or uh, am I doing this correctly, or what do you recommend me do like when I'm at home, and like today when we're at the gym when we're working out together, and he told me, and I told him like I like dude like those pushups like I'm struggling with them like I'm struggling with them, and he's like dude like before you get up in the morning you know you know you do your vitamins you do your stuff. Try to knock, try to knock fifty out before you shower and before you go to work. Like start building, start building it. So when you're here, you're gonna improve on it. Um, he goes, I seen an improvement in you, not only in you losing weight, but your weights are getting up, uh, getting heavier. And and um, you know, that's what I consider where I'm struggling at right now is making, trying to make more progress inside that gym, which is understandable. And I, and I think. There's a part of you that has to give yourself some grace because you're also losing weight, you know, so 
your your mass is is changing as you're working on things that are related to mass. Like, you know, that makes that makes complete sense. And you know, almost six months out, like where where is your weight at now, man? Uh, I weigh myself every Wednesday because I the reason why I do it Wednesday is uh, that's uh, the day I had my surgery was you know back again August uh, tw- uh, August twenty third. Uh, was a Wednesday, and when I went into my surgery, I was at 438 pounds. Uh, as of yesterday, I'm at 400. And, um, sorry, as of yesterday, I'm at 321 pounds. Nice. And do yes. you have like whether it's working in concert with your doctor or you know just on your own? Do you have a goal in mind? Um, my goal, my first goal when I got the surgery done, my first goal was to get down to 330. Um. I surpassed that, and now my next goal, because uh, I'm doing these little baby goals here and there, um, so my next goal will be hitting 200 and 280, 290, so that's my next goal in mind right now, um, and, you know, talking to my sister, my sister the other day, and I'm telling her, like, when I don't remember the last time I was in the 200s, like, like last time I remember, I was in two hundred. Was like when I was in high school. Like I haven't, I haven't seen two hundred on the scale in a really long time. So getting back there, it's gonna be emotional, but at the same time, it's gonna be exciting, and I'm gonna be, you know, proud of myself. And even now, I'm proud of myself. Be uh, how much weight I've lost since my surgery, and how much weight I lost from my heaviest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I haven't ever told myself. Like, hey, I'm actually really proud of myself for actually doing this and actually dedicating myself to this. And um, and yeah, it's yeah. been it's well. Been that's a, important. Yeah, that's important. Like that self pride is important. Like being proud of ourselves for the things we are accomplishing doesn't mean that we're acknowledging that we're done with anything. You know, and I I think too often like that's what it becomes. You know, because there's so much. You know we became a culture that was so much about everyone gets a trophy that now it's like pushed back to the point that, you know, you don't deserve a trophy until you've, you've done everything that you need to do. And it's like, well, this isn't about giving yourself a trophy. It's about acknowledging the choices that you've made. You know, the fact that you made the choice to make changes, the fact that you're moving through them and you're having success and you're doing the things that you need to do, you know, because the reality is, is that you could go in the other direction, you know, and you know, you know, from past patterns with yourself, like, you know, having been on that cycle of get started and fall off, or even that time that you had great success and the, the cheat meal kind of sent you into that place of going off again, like acknowledging what what we've already done, even though we're still working towards other goals, I think is really important because it reinforces the possibility that you can do the other things that you're working towards. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so like thinking about that, like knowing that you are six months out and you've got the rest of your life ahead of you, like what are the things right now that tell you that you're going to be six, you know, you're going to hit that next goal. You're going to keep moving forward. Like what are the things that help you, you know, have that in focus? Uh, what, what helps me focus is, you know, staying consistent and um, going to the gym four days a week. Um, when I'm not going to the gym the four days a week, uh, the other couple of days, I, you know, I go for a little walk, um, you know, go for a little walk, get a little 30 minute, uh, cardio in on my own 
and nothing nothing crazy, just a nice little breeze walk. Um, and staying consistent uh, with my, you know, with the walking, with the working out, and also um, staying consistent in uh, my portion control. Um, you know, and that's another thing that I've been starting to do a little bit more is, you know, reading the stuff, uh, uh, reading the stuff uh, uh, in the back of a chip bag or in the back of a cookie box, like, okay, like, uh, your sugar size is supposed to be four cookies, okay? So I'll eat the four cookies. And, you know, before, that would never happen. Before, I'll kill a whole Girl Scout cookie box in one sitting. And now, you know, stuff is lasting me much longer and food. And, and um, you know, staying consistent in, in everything I do is keeping me focused on reaching that goal. And knowing that, you know, and knowing the importance of that consistency and, and these, you know, the things that you're learning along the way, like what so far do you think have been the biggest lessons you've learned on this journey? Um, for me, it'll probably be, um, the eating habits, um, have been, uh, you know, played a big part in it. Um, because, you know, getting the surgery done and uh, learning the learning how to portion control, learning how to, you know, balance out your macros and doing all that stuff. Um, uh, and, you know, like, like I said uh, earlier, uh, having that one cheat meal and staying in that cheat meal consistently getting my weight back up, I can't, I can't really have a cheat meal because I'll get sick. Um, so knowing that I can't have any more and uh, the temptation has actually moved away from it, it's kept me on this focus and keep me going along these lines of what I'm doing right now. No, that makes complete sense, man. And I'm curious because I've talked about this, you know, I, I think I even talked about this a lot with the guest who was on last week's show. Um, what do you? What is your response if someone says to you, and I, maybe you've had people say this to you, you know, that having surgery is the easy way out. Yeah, I I haven't I haven't had anyone tell me, but I have seen comments about it. Um and you know taking the easy way out, it's really not taking the easy way out. Because people who say that behind a screen or people who say that uh to knock people down, um, they really don't know the process of to even get to to meet the surgeon you people don't understand the hours you had to put in in these classes uh, people don't understand how many times you have to go do lab work people don't understand um you know yeah i was big and before i even had it could even meet with the surgeon i had to lose some type of weight uh, the the surgeon wanted to see you even try to lose the weight even before they even you, you can even talk to them. Um, so I don't consider this the easy way out. I consider it as a tool to better my life, uh, uh, to better my life, and to you know have me here on this earth a little longer. Um, so yeah, I I don't consider it as the easy way out because nothing about having the surgery. And, and going through this every day is not easy. It's hard. Um, 
because our easy way out back then was, uh, you know, I'm going to go, you know, go eat or go drink. And that was my easy way out. But this is not, I don't consider this being easy, uh, easy way out. It's hard. It's dedication. It's, you have to stay consistent, you know, um, you know, you have to fight these urges and these cravings. Um, because when I spoke to my surgeon and my doctor, um, I hit my six months, right? And um, technically, you could start, you start uh, able to start, you know, drinking a little bit again, um, you know, having a drink here and there. But I told myself, once I get the surgery, I'm going to dedicate a whole year without any alcohol in my life. And so far, I stuck to my word. I make that promise to myself, and I'm I've been sticking to it. So, well, it's, it's it's one of the amazing things that you know, just you know, not not to sidetrack onto alcohol for too long, but when you stop, when you stop it for an extended period, you you kind of realize there's there's benefits stopping it. Like I don't know, there's a better way to put it. Like. You know, it's it's something where, you know, there are some people who are like, I couldn't imagine living without that. It's the same people that, you know, can't imagine living without a certain food that they have a problem with or, you know, portions or anything along those lines. Like you learn that you can still thrive without those things that were the easy things in your life. Like, and I think that's a huge lesson that many people learn on these journeys, you know, is like how good life can be, even if you're not doing the the, the same old things you used to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, You're good. No, go ahead. One of the one of the things I wanted to come back to was something you said in the beginning of the episode, and you you know you said to me when we were we were communicating about having you on the show, man, and that's you know wanting to connect with that person who's out there who's listening, you know, who may have been in that same place you were when you were just a listener to the show, like. What, especially if there's someone out there who is considering, you know, surgery, but what, what is the message that you want to send to the, the guy who is the 463 pound Alex out there, the person who is missing out on things in, in the lives of the people they love because of their weight and their behavior with food? Like what, what are the words that you want to say to those people? Um, I would, it's, I would just tell them, uh, don't do it for anybody but yourself. Uh, it's it's okay to put yourself first. I know it's going to sound selfish, but it's okay to put yourself first. And uh, it took me a long time to understand what that meant. Um, but, um, you know, putting myself first and going through the surgery has... has uh, has made me grown not only as a person but also as a father as well. Um, so if you have if you're if someone's out there and they're having these second thoughts like should I go through the surgery or should I not? I recommend it. Um, it's a life changing experience. It's a journey that I'm glad I took, and I'm still on. Uh, the work is still not done. I still have a lot of work left to do, but yeah. I would say, uh, bet on yourself this time, mm-hmm. and 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 I did, and it's so, so far it's been paying off. I love and, that man. Um, yeah. So, Alex, if someone out there listening wants to follow along with what you're doing right now and where you're headed, where do they find you, man? 
Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I it's under my nickname. Uh, everyone calls me Spades. Uh, so it's Spades uh, forty two. Uh, S P A D E Z uh, forty two. Uh, yeah, um, go ahead and give me a follow if you have any questions about it. I'm willing to help you out. Um, or if you have any concerns of what 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 is what uh, what is the difference between the gastro bypass and a gastric sleeve, I'm willing to sit down and talk to them. And um, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram. Um, and um, looking forward to meeting anyone that has any questions. And I help them out the best I can with my knowledge of getting the surgery done. Definitely, man. And I will put a link to your Instagram in the show notes for everyone out there who isn't following Alex already uh, to be able to jump on and see what you have going on, man. Uh, I think that'll be great. So, Alex, you've you've been listening to this show for a long time. You know that I end every episode with five questions I call mm-hmm. the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So, question number one, man. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy would be Gabriel Iglesias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny dude, stand up, and all his you know all his shows are hilarious. Yeah. No, one hundred percent on board with you there, man. With that one. Question number two, Alex, what is something about yourself that you love? Um, what I love about myself is um, I would say my heart. Uh, I have a big heart. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a caring person, and um, and it goes a long way. Anybody you meet or who knows me could tell you the same thing. I like it, man. Question number three, Alex, six months post-surgery, on this journey for a while now, what do you think has been the most important new habit you've built so far? Um, it will have to be um, uh, the consistent, the con- being consistent inside the gym, and uh, getting you know able to lift heavier weights, and you know hopefully that grows in the next six months. Uh, uh, in the next six months, you know, that hopefully it, it keep, continues to grow. Nice. And question number four, Alex, you, I mean, you know what, what all these are, but I'm still going to ask them. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? My next goal for the next year, um, I, all, I, was, I was always interested in law enforcement. Uh, so hopefully sometime next year, um, I'll be hopefully, you know, filling out application either to the sheriff's department or corrections. Nice. Uh, that's my goal to reach sometime next year. No, I like it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And Alex, question number five, last official question of the main show. What is, if you could go back in time and, and talk to 463 pound Alex, what is one thing that you think he needed to hear? I would definitely tell my old self um, to actually bet on myself, uh, to actually, you know, um, to actually know that I can actually do this. And uh, instead of using food and uh, drinking as the support, uh, as as uh, something to fall back on, um, I had the support and... Uh, I had the support the whole time, and that's with my family, uh, with my friends, um, my trainer at the gym. Um, they were always there, 
um, for the ones that always stuck by me, you know, they're, they're still here today. And I, I can't say I could, I, I wish I could give them the world, especially, you know, my parents, my sister, um, you know, my, my, my brothers too. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're the ones who guide me to where I'm at today. And telling my old self this will hopefully, you know, you know, put that fire into my butt. I should have done a long time ago. Definitely. I like it, man. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the show this week and telling your story. Uh, I think it is going to be helpful to everyone that gets to hear it. So just a big thank you, man. Uh, well, thank you for having me on, Gourmet. And, you know, it's it's a dream come true to actually be on the show for listening for, for the last couple of years. And can't believe I'm actually on the show to tell my story. Well, I'm excited that was able to come true for you, man. Glad to have you here. So, everyone, Alex's Instagram will be in the show notes. Uh, check that out. Follow, give him a follow. You know, you can follow me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can follow me on X at Gourmet Goes Keto. I honestly don't do that much on there. So, Instagram is really the place for me. Also, if you are listening to the show, you may have seen in the show notes that the Keto Road Crew Accountability Group has gotten started on Facebook. It is a private Facebook group where you don't have to be keto. You can be someone that had weight loss surgery. You can be someone that's on Weight Watchers. But if you're looking for accountability and, and help and support with your actions and the habits you're working on and your goals, we have a great group of people. There's over five dozen people in there so far. We just launched literally days ago, and we're just excited to see that continue to grow. So if you want to check that out, link will be in the show notes. That's facebook.com slash the keto road crew. And then my friends... Two other things. One, don't forget that if you're a member of the Patreon, the conversation with Alex is not over. It's going to continue over on the after show. And two, take care of all those things that you need to take care of, my friends. Then go out there and do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.